0: Hello all, welcome to the Hope Without Sight podcast with your hosts, Sailor Cooper and Tyler Evans. The topic of this podcast will consist of many stories of people from various backgrounds and experiences who have had many challenges and have been able to successfully overcome them and rise to the top. So sit back and relax as we give you the best of these diverse stories. Because if you are feeling down and out, like you cannot make it in the world, then this podcast is the right one for you. Because if my guests can make it, so can you. Happy listening. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to my very first episode of a podcast, Hope Without Sight. On this first episode, I have... A mother and son. Join me. I met them at the convention of the National Federation with Blind in New Orleans. Please welcome Maria and Mark.
1: Hey, hey, hey! We're blessed to be here. We're so gra- glad that you invited us, and we're so glad that we met you at that blind conference. It was such an amazing experience, man. Um, the 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 podcast that I that we we had together on my on the shine on the shine podcast. Is already finished, it's just about to be uploaded. Maybe, maybe ours will be uploaded at the same time, so they have like part one, part two, you know.
0: It'll be yes, fun. so then, as you know, as the name implies, my podcast Help Without Sight. My goal of this podcast is to inspire others by getting my guests to share stories of how they've overcome difficulties and challenges in life in life, and how they can be resilient and just overall just to spread a message of hope. What information do y'all have to give? Because I know y'all have a podcast called Shine with Mark and Marie. It's awesome. It's great. Uh, but I want to go back to the beginning. What inspired you to do your podcast?
2: well um thank you so much again for inviting us sailor it's such an honor to know you and be part of your first podcast so what inspires to have a podcast i was battling cancer and it was a very hard time in my life where i everything was uncertain i wasn't sure if i was going to live how i was going to live and if i was going to live then what would be my my purpose because i think god always puts us through trials but there's always a reason so I wanted to understand what was going to be this reason to go through this time in my life and and what was the purpose at the end of the of the day so we started the podcast not knowing where it was going to go we were just going to in my mind I was just trying to make a memory a little history with my son and my daughter because she was also invited to the podcast and I just wanted to leave those little memories in the history of a podcast. And um, I wanted to make sure that every conversation we had was kind of like a, a a little message to the youth, to the parents, to the community who was listening to our podcast of hope, exactly of that, just of hope and to uh, no matter what trials you got uh, you know life gives you, you gotta overcome them and when is your your end, you gotta face it with honor, with dignity, and leave the world a, a better place. So that's kind of how we started the podcast.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, of course I started my podcast because as you know, it's obvious I've lived uh, with, um, challenges as well. Uh, I'm a person who's legally blind. I can see a little bit, uh, but not too much Therefore, I had to, I've always had to do things in life, uh, differently. Yep. And, uh, I've had many, many challenges in life, being blind from, you know, I was baby up until, you know, now, especially now being out in the real world, of finding employment, it can be quite, quite difficult. And, uh, of course I want to inspire others and just spread a message that you can do anything you set your mind to, you know, it doesn't matter where you come from or, or what skills or abilities you may have you could do anything you wish and if you have a dream just pursue it and i'm especially getting heavy into this podcast now because uh, i'm trying to become an entrepreneur yes sir to start my own business myself and in fact i do have uh, a legal business set up an llc called real variety llc And uh, I hope to get this podcast spread out to all platforms from Apple Podcasts to Spotify to Google Podcasts. And again, to share that message of hope. And in addition, I also have an internet radio station that's on the air 24-7 called Real Variety Radio that plays... Yes, you got it. Thank you. RealVarietyRadio.com. It plays all kinds of music from pop to country to Christian to everything and I even do talks on there as well actually myself and my best friend Tyler we were on that station and so we thought we 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 shouldn't just stop at doing this as a hobby we can do much more than that we can start a business make money however that is and you're getting sponsors, selling commercial commercials, even um, putting ads on a podcast. We can we can do just that.
1: Sell merchandise. You got it. There's so many ways to go about what you're going after, bro. And I just want to say something. I checked out RealVarietyRadio.com and I love it. I, Thank you. I love the music. I love the way you're talking so confidently on there. I heard you. I heard you. I heard some advertisements in between the song, and I and I just heard your voice and. And you're you just so much personality, so much heart in there. And I love that you are bringing that uh, that side of yourself out and, and sharing it with the world. Right. We, we, we me and my mom talk about shine. Right.
0: Shine. Yes.
1: And the whole concept of shine is to sh- bring out your inner light and to express it with the world. And that's what we're here doing today. Right. That's that's your whole goal today. You're creating this podcast to per- give hope. Right. You share a story so that you, you might be able to give somebody some hope. Yes. Like, oh, if I go through that, maybe I can survive, too, because that's what people are afraid of these days. And and since the beginning of time is failure.
0: Failure. Yes. They don't want to fail. No.
1: Like, I don't believe in myself. How do I know I'm going to make it? What if people make fun of me? What if it doesn't work? What if I start that business and it goes to zero? Should I keep going or should I go back to my mom's basement? What do I do? All right so that's what maybe we should talk about that today too you know a little bit about that how do you believe in yourself uh sailor where does that self belief come from
0: I believe in myself because I know myself more than anybody else and I I can't thank my god my lord and savior more for the abilities that he gave me to do this stuff sure i know there's going to be challenges the road's gonna be long. The climb's gonna be steep. It's not gonna be easy. Yeah, that's right. But all I can do is just keep pressing on, and keep moving forward.
1: Yeah. That's right. Yes, sir. So let me, you you want to start sharing some stories? What do you think? Should we start transitioning to story time?
0: Let's do it. Yes, let's do it. So uh, I want to ask y'all first. Tell me, what's this book here on the table?
1: Oh man. All right. Uh, well, here I'll, I'll I'll say a little bit of of it, and then I want my mom to say what what she thinks of it. Uh, so. I started creating this book called Words to Empower some some years, years ago where I started compiling these success principles, these quotes of all these successful people from athletes to to political leaders, even like presidents and uh, and especially entrepreneurs, too. Right. Like just getting these keys to success and what it took words to empower was. And then And then I kind of lost the flame for that book, but I still had the fire in me to create this concept of success principles because I knew the power that these different concepts had. So I was, and then, so some years later, I I came up with this idea to create a journal that not only included success principles within from that book that I was starting to write, but also an opportunity for kids to write about, thinking about those success principles. So it's it's a social, emotional journal so it's, it's it's I call it the intro to personal development, uh, with with a with a side of reflective journaling. So that's that's how I look at it, and it's just it's just a place where people can explore powerful topics that can change their life. In my opinion, that have changed my life, and I just compiled the best I have and put it into that book.
0: Awesome! I like that you're inspiring, even little children. You're influencing young children. You you're engraving positivity into their minds because as you know their minds are like little sponges they they absorb everything
2: that's right and i i think mark did a great job absorbing some of the stuff that he grew up around for me the power of words was super important in our lives um, at a very early age when I was nine, somebody gave me a journal and I started writing on this journal. I don't know who gave it to me. It was on a birthday. It was one of my birthday gifts when I was nine years old. And at first, when I saw it, it was just a white, you know, white pages on it. I was like, I'm going to just keep this in a drawer. I'm never going to use it. Maybe I'll use it to draw some pictures or illustrate something. But with time, I started writing. Uh, and those were my first stories. And so as I got older, and I became a mother I wanted to share that experience of the power of print by getting them their old journals their own journals and um but something really kind of strange happened when they when i had my both of my kids they were not getting along and i was going to the bookstore and i couldn't find the perfect book to help them to get along so guess what i decided to publish my own book and it's called the annoying little brother (laughs) And so mark is one of the characters with his sister um i wrote this book to help them to get along and live in perfect harmony because it was so hard being a single mom trying to get them to understand how valuable their friendship was going to be later in life. And a lot of times kids are born with this, you know, anger or jealousy, whatever you want to call it, but it's more about the all about me stage. And a lot of adults never grow out of that stage. They stay in the all about me stage. It's me, me. I want it all, you know, pay attention to me. So I think this book kind of opened our eyes. It opened my eyes to about this important issue and two it helped my kids to get along and also to get them to understand the power that a book can have in a kid's life if you get the right book share it with the kid you never know where this book might take them you know kind of thing so for me the annoying little brother has been just like a little seed that i planted mark grew up watching me share it in the schools going to do workshops in different not just, in the US, uh, not just in Houston, but all around the U.S. Uh, on different trips. And they actually would get up and read it to each other in conferences like in Chicago or New York or L.A. And at first they were embarrassed. And it was funny because they would be like, no, mom, don't make me get in front of all these people. But with time, they, ex- they started to enjoy it. And I think they started to understand the value and the message of the book. And so here we are, years later, I'm so proud that Mark finally published his own book and he discovered the power that, that words have. And I'm very, even more excited that he turned the, the book more into a question format to just get people to think. Stop and think. because That's really all we want. I wrote this book to get my kids to stop and think about how can they get along, how can they become better human beings and better family and then Mark Marcus wrote this book to help others and encourage others to stop and think and come up with solutions and even plan your life because it's all in our heads we have it God made us so perfect we have the answers but we don't stop to think so that's kind of like a little summary of what I see and, and how I, I see the value of this the, the Shino book
0: wow that's so awesome both of y'all are writing books because I could use it I mean my sister and I I mean uh it it's very I mean sometimes we've gotten along, sometimes we have it. You know how that goes, siblings. Hey <laughs> by all the time. But maybe uh yeah, you could use this book um as well. And speaking of that, um me and my good friend Tyler Evans, we have been working on writing a memoir book together. Because he and I, although we are just very, very good friends, even though not, even though we may not be biologically, you know, literally, we are almost like brothers, brothers. because right. we we share we we share the same values. We we grew we we have the same eye condition, oh. which is a not very premature. We were him, he and I we were born three months premature, except. He was born two years earlier in 91. Me and my sister, we were born in 93. Okay. And he has a twin brother as well. Wow. Uh, His eyes, check this out, his eyes reversed the same as my sister did. So in other words, uh, his twin brother, my twin sister, they have vision. And even even more, uh, we saw the same eye surgeon because when we were three months old, we went we were life logged to Detroit, Michigan, to uh, one of the best retinal specialists out there. Because of him, we have at least, you know, a little bit of vision that we have today. Wow. So I want to, I'm hoping that he and I, we can finish writing our book together and we can publish it as well.
1: So what's the message, man? Tell me about that book. I want to know more about it. What you, what's the goal? What what are you doing?
0: The goal of that book is just to again inspire others.
1: So, what's a memoir? What does that mean? I don't even know. A
0: memoir means. is like a story of your life.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Personal
0: story. Yes.
1: The hardships and what helped you get out of them.
0: You got it. Yeah. Gotcha. That's what it is. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. Awesome. Yeah. Now, do you plan on doing a short book or a chapter book? What kind of what, how What kind of length are you thinking of?
0: Oh I would say it would be a chapter book like once we combine everything together maybe like a uh I could say it could be like anywhere from 6 to 10 chapters.
1: Are you putting braille in there?
0: Absolutely we'll do braille print all mediums audio you name it. Love it. Love yeah.
1: it. Yes sir got to think big my man.
0: Yeah and yeah yeah and um uh also I mean that's what we made you. So let's go deeper. Let's do it. Y'all take me on the way back, you know, to your life, like as far as you could go. Tell me, um, the the easy roads with the difficulties and how you overcame every single challenge in your life. I would say, Maria, let's start with you. Yeah.
2: Okay. Wow. Go all the way back. Okay, I can go back all the way to my childhood. Back to the farm, Mom. To the farm. So I was born in the United States and grew up illegally in Mexico. I'm the opposite story of everybody else's story here in the United States. And why did that happen? Because my father abandoned my mother at the hospital. My mother was dying uh, with a tumor in in her brain, and my father was uh, an American Irish uh, citizen. My mother was here with a missionary visa, and. She was battling this illness, and when I was born, the doctor told her that she probably was not going to be able to take care of me because once they took out the tumor, she had to learn to speak and walk. My mother was disabled, and for six years, I didn't really know her. I was sent to Mexico, and I grew up with my grandparents in a beautiful farm in a beautiful city called the City of Eternal Spring. So God had a plan right there for me to grow up in a healthy environment, full of love, with amazing grandparents and like a bunch of aunts and uncles who took care of me and they became like my brothers and my sisters. So that's why I'm able to love. That's why I'm able to appreciate people and respect people and respect humanity because I grew up, you know, next to animals and in a farm and you learn all those basic skills in a farm, which is pretty cool. Um, My challenge though, was that when I found out I was not from Mexico at nine years old, and this is so weird, but at nine years old, I, I found out I was not born in, in Mexico. I found out my grandparents were not my, my parents. So this nine year old happy kid turned into a little bit of a, you know, disappointed person, resentful. And scared. I was scared because I was like, why do these people stole me? Because I grew up in a town that they stole kids around me. So, you know, I was like, why did they stole me? What if these are not my grandparents? So I was full of questions at nine years old. But remember, somebody gave me a journal at nine years old. You remember when I shared oh, yes. that earlier? Oh, yes, yes. That journal saved my life. So... You know why I saved my life? Because I started to write, I started to color, I started to paint in those in those white pages. And little did I know that that's where I was gonna have a. It's gonna be part of my healing, the journal. So it it was just like an aha moment when I became a teacher. Because I look back and I'm like, what? Can, how come these kids don't like to write? I love writing. And it took me all the way back to getting that journal and learning to love writing. But it was because it healed my heart. It healed my my soul and i found a lot of answers in my in my brain that were there you know but i was i had to write the questions answer my own questions and think along you know as a teenager later on in my life so that was my first uh i guess the first gift that i received from the universe that diary to help me heal um then my next challenge was when I became a mom. And I, for me, it was a fairy tale of finding my prince charming, super handsome guy that I married, which is a father of my kids. My fairy tale was I was going to live forever with him and raise our beautiful kids. But he decided to go a different path. And I accepted it that I was going to be a single mom. And I respected his choice. But I also respected my children more and I respected and loved them so much that I decided to take that quest by myself and later publish a book because I couldn't find the books on the store to help me just to get them to get along. Um, I think stopping to think and write, stopping to think and meditate and stopping to think and and really, reflect on what were some of the solutions is really what has saved my life. I never begged for other people to come and help me. I never said, "Oh, I need the government. I'm going to live off the government. I'm going to apply for, you know, uh, I don't know, welfare or whatever they call those help those social services." SSI, Social Security. Yeah. Uh, so, so for me, being grown or growing up with farmers and and hardworking people who really had the passion to make changes in whatever they space they were. That's what I. that was a message I had in my heart and my in my mind and that's all I wanted to do. So whatever space you are giving, whatever opportunity you're giving, you just got to make the best of it. Well, and however that's whatever it's gonna take, you're just gonna do it. Um, so that really was my or has been always my to go to my own brain has the answers because God gave me those sensors. It's just I gotta go deep inside and find those sensors. And, 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 and write them down put them on paper that's why for me writing is so so vital yes, without writing I feel like then I don't I don't think I would have had the opportunity to reflect so to me writing on the journal is the most powerful thing that I really had
1: I and having God have, in my heart
0: awesome Mark uh, you could go next if you're done Mark you could go next
1: no, I, don't, I don't want I don't want to stop her I just want to say a, a, a point on that is my mom didn't go to drugs she didn't go to suicide or, or giving up or you know like she didn't go to negative outlets to express her struggles she went to positive outlets which was thank thank god she was given that journal and she doesn't even know who gave it to you particularly it was a gift and she doesn't remember who it was so maybe it was an angel i don't know you know and, <laughs> and, uh, and that gift of a healthy outlet has now trickled down to me and to create, and, and I realize the power of print, the power of writing, the power of art, you know, the po- power of expressing yourself on paper can totally change your mood. It's like therapy. You just need to, sometimes you just need to talk about your story, talk about your experience, share, and, and you might be able to find a solution. You know, you might even be, be able to come up, come, come up with it yourself. You know, we, we all have this this we all have a mind that is capable if we give it a chance. Right. Yes. So. That's
0: right.
2: I do want to add something, you know, I, I'm glad that you mentioned no drugs, no alcohol, because our mind is so capable because God created us so perfect that we can have these sensors. But a lot of times when we go to other venues or other things, then we we alter our mind we alter our thinking so therefore it's not clear anymore and then we get confused and you know what is the biggest fear for people well people say that fear is the worst enemy right but confusion to me is probably the biggest challenge in our lives confusion because let's say you're brave you're brave and you're going and everything but if you're confused about things and you're not clear your mind's not clear you're not going to go any uh, too too far with that
1: yeah and and to be lost right you you mean confusion on on which path you should be going down on finding a confused on what solution what which how yes. do I get over this i just i just i never met my father you know this is your story i'm saying you you never met your father and you struggled with it you wrote it down right you you figured out other ways you found a healthy solution right And i think that's so important for people to they might be afraid but to to march forward and, and find a healthy solution you know ask ask the good people you have around you how can i figure this out and that's kind of what we're doing today is like is what what we have found to be this the solution to things right
2: yeah and, and surrounding yes. yourself sailor i think the other key for me was surrounding myself with good friends good people mentors that inspire me to just become a better human being, you know, and not to give up. And on those times that were down, my down times, I was able to call somebody or I was able to just go for a walk and God would send an angel, like a total stranger that would come and give me advice or give me uh, a few words of encouragement, you know? And it was so beautiful, it was so beautiful. So I I really feel, you know, just don't bury yourself in, in, in the depression, don't bury yourself in negativity get yourself out, walk, even just walking, receiving the fresh air, feeling the sunlight you know, on your face, really refreshes you and, and helps, you, helps you to start looking at the world in a different way.
0: That's right. Well, yeah, If if, Maria, 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 if you don't have anything else, well, thanks so much for sharing your perspective. Mark, you're next.
1: Awesome, man. Awesome. So uh, just to add on to my mom before I I, uh, share maybe one of my hardships is the reason to walk. Think about our body like a river that flows, right? We have thoughts that flow. We drink water. It flows through our digestive system, right? So, and we we have energy, right? Physical energy. We have to get it out. We eat and we create, we get energy. And then we have to exercise to expend that energy. Right, and if we don't exercise, if we don't eat clean, if we eat a bunch of sugar, we're gonna be get a high of energy, and then we're gonna have a crash of energy. Right, so that's why it's good to eat clean foods that will sustain, be sustainable energy, not a quick high and then a crash. Right, it's like drugs too; it's a quick high and then a crash. Right, so that's why you need to find good sources that are gonna be flowing through your river. <laughs> per se this is an interesting metaphor isn't it
0: oh yeah very interesting
1: and uh so yeah i think make sure you're having good things flowing de- through your river mentally physically and spiritually even music right i'm hearing this great music you're playing on realvarietyradio.com and i'm like wow this is good stuff to be putting down my my earflow you know my you know, yeah. stuff, my soul to be listening to um, it's, it's good stuff. It's fun stuff. It's it's a uh, beautiful, soothing music even. uh, So, yeah, so let, let's let see what what story can I share? I've had surgery on my leg recently because of a tumor that was like a physical difficulty. And
0: uh, I saw that I, I, it's like, I saw a video on your YouTube channel about a surgery. I was wondering what that was.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, I uh, I had a surgery. I was born with tumors in my and I, I have I've had three I have three. Oh, now I have two because I got one removed last year. And, uh, you know, I ran track and I was the district champion and, and I broke the school record in the 800 meter. So I was really good at track. And it never hindered me. But I joined mixed martial arts. I started doing kickboxing and and jujitsu. And, I, and I, I ended up getting it got pushed on and it cracked right off my leg and I couldn't walk for a few weeks. And uh, then I had to get surgery. We saved up money. We figured it out. You know, what? We, we've never been the most wealthy people in any stretch at all. So we've had to figure it out my whole life. You know, my mom has had to figure it out. We've been blessed to make it. You know, we, we've had times where, where maybe we, we didn't have the money, but we figured it out. You know, we figured it out through our humble beginnings because of our humble beginnings. We knew how to feed ourselves. We knew how to work hard to get our money that we needed. And we knew how to reach out to people if we needed some help. And I think that's so important. You know, you got to drop the ego sometimes and ask for help from mentors, from loved ones, from friends. That's just so important, you know, we have a lot of people out here killing, killing themselves and and getting lost because there's they're afraid to ask for help. You know, and I think I think it's time to drop the pride and ask for help and find solutions, because uh, that's the way we're going to live in harmony, as my mom always says, you know, let's learn to forgive. That's one of the, the, the pages in my book is let's learn to forgive not only people, but also ourselves. And that's how that you know, that's also a biblical message, you know. Love thy neighbor. If you yeah. can't forgive the neighbor for, for them trespassing against you, how are you going to love them? So, you know, that's a big key is to, to, to learn to forgive. So my surgery was one of my biggest hardships, but I also want to talk about losing a loved one. I think one of the most under, under-talked under about and under-figured out things and hardships in life is to how to lose a loved one. And I lost my grandma, Teresa, a few years back. She had Alzheimer's, and she ended up passing away of a stroke in the end but my golly she was amazing she taught me about god she taught she told me biblical stories my whole life and she made us fresh fruits growing up and fresh breakfast pozole, which is a mexican uh, a traditional spanish dish and, and uh i mean she made all this great food and shared so much love with us and she honestly taught me how to lose someone and she was the, the one the biggest loss of my life so far and uh you know it's it's my uh my god that gives me hope whenever i lose a loved one i've lost so many dogs and animals in my life we've had so many pets and uh i think the solution to lose someone is to have faith that they're gonna that they've done good in this life and they're they're gonna, they're gonna go to heaven you're gonna meet them once again you know i think that that that's what has given me the most peace and I, of course you're gonna miss that loved one but and of course i miss my grandma teresa but uh I know she's off to a better place. And that gives me peace. And I'm not not—I'm not so sad about uh, her leaving this physical realm, per se.
0: Well, as far as with me, I can semi-relate. I really haven't lost anybody. Well, I have, but they weren't, like, super, super close. I lost both of my great-grandmothers. Uh, my paternal great-grandmother passed in 2006. She was, like, over 90 years old. She was just old. My maternal great-grandmother... Uh, she passed uh, right after Thanksgiving in 2018. Uh, she was just in her 90s. She also had cancer as well. <clears throat> but um, I think your story is preparing me and others because I do have a grandfather right now. You're not going to believe this. He's 102 years old.
1: That's right. You
0: told me the other day. He's a World War II veteran. With, uh uh, was served in the war. Was shot down in the Pacific by a Japanese artillery. He was so afraid that he would be captured, then instead he was rescued by the uh, American boat. He wasn't certain whether he was going to be able to fly again due to his injuries, but he did. He uh, he continued in the service for a little while longer, and then he got out. He flew for Pan American Airlines, uh, and um, he graduated from Allegheny College which is his alma mater and from there he went he moved here to Houston to start a pipe supply oil company which did very well and he dissolved the company in the mid 80s during the oil crash and also he dissolved it because he was going through hardships himself he lost both his mother and his other wife right at the same time. And uh but what the good thing that came out of it is that he met my grandmother right afterwards and since then they had a very good, good marriage. You know, I, I feel that you're kinda of preparing me because, you know, he is a hundred two. He's uh he's he has his days, he'll have his good and bad days. Um he had his strokes Six years ago, before his stroke, he was still doing very well. He was in his mid nineties, but honestly, he was acting, you know, and getting around like he was in his sixties. His health was just so so good, and even after his stroke, his health was still very good. Except he was he he's been in a wheelchair ever since. Uh, but I mean, lately, especially the past two years. Uh, his mind has, has gone down, and I guess it's expected because, you know, it, it, that's what old age is about. He does have dementia. I mean, it's it's a joy that he's still here, but I mean, at the same time, we know that the time is going to come, you know, uh, soon with the next few years. You know, so if anything, I just have to enjoy the time that I still have with him, right? And uh, I'm still glad that you're. You know, you share that story to prepare me. That's right. Prepare all of us for that.
1: That's right, my man. And, and just, I, I live with no regrets with my grandmother because I, I spent a lot of time with her. I gave her so much love. And, uh, you know, she had one stroke. And then there was this amazing procedure, I forget the name, that flushed out the blood clots of the stroke. And she. we got another year with her before she ended up passing away of another stroke. But man, that last year I got with her was just amazing. And, and I just got to ask her for life advice. You know, I got to ask her some deeper questions and and uh, I have no regrets because I know that I did my best. And I think that's the most important thing.
0: And uh, and this is your mom's mom,
1: mom's right? mom, that's right, yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: I wanna add something. Go ahead. So I wanna add something because, you know, she didn't raise me, her family did. And she was always really, like, she always felt bad and guilty about that. So I told her when my kids were born, I told her, Mom, this is your chance to help me raise my kids. Because I was going to be a single mom. I knew that I was going a different route. And I said, would you do the honor to help me? And let's get to know each other now at this time of our lives. So I was in my... I was 20 25 when I got married and 26 when I had fir- my first child and so I asked her to you were
1: 28.
2: well Alex was born uh you were 27 I'm sorry 27 I got pregnant at 28 yes but my point is that I asked her to uh, to help me with my kids but because I wanted to know her I wanted to get to know her at that level and God gave me the chance so we lived together pretty much. And, and it was a blessing, too, getting to see her under that different light, you know?
0: And your mom didn't raise you again? Why was that again? Because
2: she had a tumor in the back of her brain, and she oh. learned to speak and walk for six years. And I didn't get to reunite with her until I was a teenager, wow. pretty much. Because I didn't come back to the United States till I was 16. And that's when I had to learn to, to you know, I came back. I learned to speak English. I, be, I went to college. I learned to you know I became a teacher i've been a teacher for 26 years so the rest is history but my point is that who the people who raised me were her her family her parents and they gave me a great life but i wanted to get to know her i wanted to spend time with her and i did i got to spend time with her and she um she was uh she played a very big influence uh in my kid's life and i was grateful for that you know it's like almost like god gave her also a second chance in that that area of parenting that's inspiring
0: yes yes and
2: that was beautiful that was beautiful for me because i learned a lot from her she was very stern very stern i mean the day i published the book she said this is the book you've been writing i thought it was gonna be a novel and she just threw it on my kitchen table But she was very strict, but always expected, like, the best of me, even to go above and beyond things. But that really helped me grow and just become better, you know, become a better human being. I never took her personal. I never said, oh, she doesn't love me. Oh, she wants. No, I mean, I was like, what does she want? She wants me to write a novel. Okay, I'm going to write that novel. So you always have to learn to never take things so personal. Right. And and learn to, to just get the message that somebody's trying to tell you. It's because they love you. You know, they wouldn't be spending time talking to you unless they really love you.
0: You got it. You got it. Now, uh, awesome. So, Mark, do you have anything else to share or should we toss it to me?
1: Let's see. Um, I I, I want to hear about you. And maybe, yeah, let's Let's, let's to toss about, it to man. me. Yeah. Tell me about about your hardship, man.
0: All right. I, so, wait, uh, wait,
1: wait, one second. I, got, I did have one thing. Okay, <laughs> thank go Thank you. Oh, one second. I'm sorry. So, feeling depressed and lost i have felt depressed and lost in my life a couple of times and man it has it is a negative momentum spiral it drains you it makes you not want to get out of bed it creates physiological changes in your body makes you not want to work out anymore which oh, makes yeah. you lose muscle mass anxiety becomes a thing So the reason why I had it, and and there was probably a multitude of reasons, but one of the biggest things that that caused that time in my life, which thank God I'm past it now, was putting a lot of pressure on myself because I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I didn't know if I was on the right path. And I put an over I overstressed myself and I fell into a depression and I, I was just oh, my gosh, I was just freaking out. And uh, yeah, I just want to say In order to overcome that kind of stuff I had to have patience with myself I had to talk to so many mentors and, uh, and loved ones and friends And and eventually And definitely God too God helped me to get out of it And to find peace with myself And to, and to have patience with myself He said, you're going to be alright Just Just don't be so hard on yourself You'll figure it out I got a plan for you. And uh, and so I just had to start figuring out what he had planned for me and listening to him and and kept on welcoming him, him into my life and saying, God, can you please guide me today and please give me some strength because, man, I'm scared. I'm scared. Can you give me some strength today, please? And so and so uh, positive momentum began began. It didn't happen overnight. The depression didn't go and the anxiety didn't go away overnight. It took weeks and months. But and then I, I've even gone back into depressions. But because of the other hardships, but then you adapt, you overcome, and uh, you continue marching, even though you have no money, even though you are just not sure of what you're gonna do, even though you have this something eating away at you, you keep on marching, you keep on smiling, you keep on being a light in the world, and and that's what will take you out of it.
0: That's right, always be a light in the world and only move forward.
1: Yes, Sir, let's hear your story, my friend.
0: (laughs) All right, so, um. I mean my story kind of aligns somewhat to y'all's you know for certain reasons and I'm sure you'll see why uh, as as I mentioned before uh, the reason why I'm legally blind is because uh, me and my sister we were uh, born three months uh, premature uh, and actually uh. Before we were born, the reason why my name is Sailors, because um, my mom sailed in the Caribbean for four years on a sailboat with uh, her then-husband, of course, my dad. They sailed for four years around the Caribbean and and the Virgin Islands. And in fact, uh, I was almost gonna be born there, uh, but thank God I wasn't because uh, for one, you know, since I was born so early, I, I wouldn't I would not have made it. Uh, they they don't have the advanced medical equipment there, so thank God my mom came back here, you know, to Texas, and thank God she came back uh, way before because see, me and my sister we weren't doing until September. So yeah, we were actually uh, born uh, actually uh, right here, just ten minutes away in uh, in Congo, and. Uh, uh, of course we were born three months early, uh my retinas attached. You know, I mentioned uh I was I was lifelighted to Detroit, Michigan, where I had uh surgeries I think seven surgeries on both of my eyes. And because of that, uh I have a vision that I have now on my right eye I could see uh uh pictures. I could see your face if you're close, but uh I can't see no more than ten feet away and uh, uh, and my left eye just have light. Uh, I mean, my sister's eyesight's okay, but she has mild case of cerebral palsy in her legs. She can walk, but like uh, her muscles tighten up quite a bit. Uh, I mean, I can relate to y'all, and uh, my mom can too, because I mean, as far as us not having a father, a husband, it was same for one. My dad was not happy about the pregnancy to begin with, which is, you know, which is which could contribute us being born early. I mean, it, of course, it stressed my mom out a whole lot. Uh, I mean, just to sum up, my dad is—he is nothing but a huge narcissist. He—he uh, oh, he only thinks about himself. He only thinks about what he wants. He—he—he he, he thinks that you know, he's the king, and he can make all decisions, and of course, that didn't go well, uh, uh, you know, with my mom at all, and, and of course, uh, you know, they divorced when I was, uh, six months old, you know, growing up, I did question a whole lot, you know, what my dad was like, and of course, of course, that, that's normal, you know, for children to question that, they want to know, if not at least one, but both the biological parents, uh, and so it, that's why I asked those questions. But, um, you know, I, I did finally get to meet my dad when I was 21 years old, my real dad. I mean, he was who he was. He was exactly like my mom and others described to me. I mean, he's, he, he's very good at first, but, you know, just in, in summary, after you, he's good with, you know, being around groups of people, but he's not so good. As far as like individually, you know, uh, getting along people individually. Uh, and so of course they divorced when I was six months old. Um, my maternal grandmother, my dad's mom, she passed of cancer when I was one year, one year old. Me and my sister were one years old. Of course we attended a funeral. I don't remember. Uh, so of course we attended a funeral of my paternal grandmother and, and once my dad saw that we were normal, he wanted the family back together. Uh, which in reality, as we know, that, that wasn't real because it was, it was all talk. It was all fake. So of course they got back together for a while and he even tried doing research. To improve you know our lives since we were born so early because going back you know when after we were born he was not optimistic at all that we would survive because we were just so just so sick in a lot of ways just had IVs everywhere and whatnot you know I almost died multiple times due to uh, lung hemorrhages and that that was just not going with him so so of course you know, my mom told me you have to get out. If you can't be optimistic, optimistic and positive about it, you need to go. Uh, so, once they got back together, they he researched um, other ways like to improve outcomes. So he found this um, physical therapy program called I A H uh, P, Glenn Doman out of Philadelphia, which involves like physical therapy to uh, train uh, our neural pathways for playing like a it, it, it involved like patterning, crawling, creeping, stuff like that. As far as for me, it involved uh, eye exercises where uh, I, uh, I would be put in a closet with a flashlight and someone would turn the light on and off, so that way my eyes can you know get connect more with my brain, you know? Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yes. And so once he found that, I had to go, me and my mom had to go through that program in Philadelphia. Like, she had to train, she, they had to train her how to do it with me because it was an at-home DIY program. You do it yourself. Uh, and she said that, no, no, she, the The program director said it was impossible to do it with two children. In other words, she had to choose who needed it the most. And so, of course, since, you know, I had more challenges and I was blind and whatnot, they, they, she chose me. So I was admitted into the program, but of course they secretly did it with my sister as well. And. You know um, in short, uh, things didn't go well with my mom and dad again. They split up again, and this time it was over, and so my mom was left you know financially strapped. My dad tried to convince my mom to move to Cuba to do this program where the labor was cheaper, and of course, she said she wasn't gonna do that, so she opted. You know, to move to Mexico because my grandparents had some friends uh, that uh, lived or visited down there. They visited down there quite a bit. So, uh, my uh, when I was two and a half years old, uh, that's when we moved to uh, Cancun, Mexico, to uh, do this to finish out this program because the labor was cheaper. She, you know, hired. Uh, you know Mexican girls to help her do this program instead of paying more money here to do it, and I don't remember all of it, but uh, it was it was a hard program. I, I even have videos of it that my grandmother had saved, and uh, actually she got those tapes converted to digital format, and I saw the videos, and it was a hard program, and uh. After uh, after we finished with that program, which technically we didn't because it was overwhelming, my mom just didn't want to leave uh, Mexico because it, it, it was so beautiful. So she decided to stay and start a bed and breakfast B and B business there, uh, renting a house that we rented, which eventually we bought, and uh, and uh, then you know. The, my you know, business just expanded uh, me and my sister we grew up down there went to school down there of course we became bilingual both in English and Spanish and it was great also all that was good. Uh, and as far as me living with my blindness growing up for the most part it was very very good. I mean I, uh, I, uh, I could do everything you know I I, uh, I could swim. I even scuba dive, I snow ski, I grew up snow skiing in Colorado, cause, of course, I was, I was raised here as well, too, at the same time. Like, I, you know, I spent, like, the school year in Mexico and spent, uh, the summers, falls, Christmases, you name it, here in the States. Uh, and of course, I, I competed, uh, in a swim meet at, uh, at one of my grandfather's country clubs that he was members of when I was six years old. It was great. Uh, so I could do everything as a blind post as a blind person. However, I didn't like learn all the necessary, you know, skills such as like Braille, you know, and technology. Instead, I use print more because I can read print if it's large, but it's just not efficient for me. Because my eyes would just get too tired, uh, but at the same time, like I understand uh, why, like you know, my mom and others wanted to wanted me to use a vision that I had, you know, growing up. Because uh, I'm not gonna lie, we I mean, we did have high hopes. We kept seeing my eye doctor, my eye doctors, when I was a kid. We kept we had high hopes that new procedures. Would come about to improve my vision, which, um, which they didn't. I mean, that's fine because I'm, you know, you think about it. I'm fine the way I am now. I get along great. It's awesome, great. Um, so that's that. You know, my childhood was good, uh, but when I was uh, when I was fourteen, I uh, moved back here to the U.S., to Texas, full time to go to school here. Uh, went to uh Magnolia ISD for a little bit uh Magnolia Independent School District Junior High went to school here for a little bit but eventually I ultimately wanted to go uh to the uh Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired in Austin as you know every state has a school for the blind because of course I wanted to I wanted to associate more with you know people like me you have the same Disabilities needs and whatnot, um, and of course, back then I I didn't I didn't hear such a thing about the NFB, you know, and the ACB and all those blind organizations out there. I didn't even know they existed, and so like I thought, you know, going to you know a school for the blind was kind of the only option or solution. Which which it was it was both good and bad. It had its it had its goods. And it's and its drawbacks uh, sure sure thing well uh, for one thing when, when I was whenever because I had to go through a, prog- a process to get into the school for the blind and that that TVI at the school district uh, did warn me she didn't think it would be a good fit for me because uh, uh, because of the you know IDEA whatever the law is to provide uh, uh, services in the public schools uh, for uh, people with special needs because as you know back then a few years back then like a, a couple of decades ago you know things weren't as sophisticated as they are now well because because of that the uh, the School for the Blind was it wasn't more geared towards me it was more the school year itself was geared more towards people who had other disabilities besides blindness, like um, you know autism, intellectual disabilities, physical disabilities. You name it. And of course, I, I really didn't have you know that any any of that stuff, which which is why you know it wasn't a fit for me. But I'm glad I did go in the first place you know because uh, I learned more technology such as I learned more Braille, I learned to use the JAWS screen reading program which before I used uh, ZoomText which is another program uh, which has magnification but you see again ZoomText wasn't as efficient because again it didn't provide all the information you know that I needed. and. So, like, I, I mean, you know, it was good that I went, you know, in the first place, uh, but but at the same time, you know, it had its challenges. I, I didn't feel like, you know, I was challenged as much, but, you know, I worked, I worked through everything. I advocated for more, and, you know, and uh, that's that. I graduated from both my, uh, from both my uh, local school districts. In high school in 2012, and the school for blind, which was great, and from then I went to uh, I went to college for two years, went to Blinn uh, College in uh, Bryan, and then transferred to uh, Stephen F. Austin State University to uh, pursue a degree in mass communication. But as you know, you know, college is not for everybody, for, for you know, for various reasons. And, uh, it in the business world. what is it? Now you pursuing it in
1: the business
0: world. Yeah, exactly. I'm pursuing the business world. So, um, after I did two years of college, I just went to find a job. I had a, I had jobs, I had quite a few jobs in customer service, recruiting, and, um, also, uh, working, uh, as a, in, in, translation interpretation because I'm bilingual and it was good but uh, now uh, I'm of course I'm becoming an entrepreneur doing this I've been I have been doing my radio broadcasts, uh, well of course I've been I honestly been doing them off and on uh, throughout my life since I was a child. But I've been really, really doing it strong for the past four years. And now I'm just climbing higher. Like I said, I wanna turn I wanna this I wanna turn this hobby into a business, which is why we're doing this podcast now. And I, I thank y'all it. so much for coming and so yeah, that's my story y'all.
2: Thank you, Sailor, for sharing your story to For me, it's inspirational to hear you say because you know I've been a teacher for twenty six years, so I feel like I'm sitting next to one of my students or something. You just like (laughs) inspire me in so many levels. But I I love when you said they the challenge was that they didn't challenge me enough. I love that. Yes. That is the number one issue, the number one problem in the schools. Students are not being challenged yes. enough. Yes. Therefore they disconnect or they get frustrated or they fall into depression or they fall into other things that you know, and that's why we're losing so many students. So I just wanna kinda end our my my last here, my last message is to encourage the schools, encourage the parents, anybody who works with children or young adults. Or even adults. Yes. To make sure that they are challenging them enough that they're helping them to grow because the challenge helps us grow. So when someone feels they're not growing. That's when we start getting into problems. That's when people start getting or looking for other issues and things that are gonna distract them from their final for their main goal, right? So I'm glad that you are back on track, that you're back on your track of where you're feeling challenged, you're feeling like you're learning, you're getting ready to start this quest of uh the podcast it's a whole new world we learn about this every day just when we think we got it we're like oh no look at this new challenge there's always a challenge so you will not be bored here my friend
0: no no it's already challenging because think of this i need to I need to do my taxes. I need to learn accounting QuickBooks. Woo! I've never done this. Yes, before. you're for for a, a never-ending
2: quest and challenge. So, I applaud you and continue to shine to continue to shine your light and continue to inspire all of us uh, okay. with your story. I think it's 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 a symbol of resi- what how, why it's so important to be resilient in the world because we don't know what cards we're going to get, but at the end of the day, we just got to do our best.
0: Okay, so to close out Each, each, every one of us, let's give a final word of encouragement. What should it be?
1: Okay. All right. So for me, I want to say the journey is going to be hard no matter what. If you do what you don't want to do, it's going to be hard. If you do what you were put on this earth to do, it's going to be hard. So train yourself physically, mentally, get in the gym. Learn a thing or two. Study hard. Learn about the meaning of life, the origins of life. Study God. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna say that. Study <laughs> study these things that are gonna help you to find peace of mind, peace in your heart, so that you can march on the on the trail, on the mountain that you were put here to march on. Cause and and if you find the right mountain, man is gonna be. So worth the climb, you know, it sounds kind of cliche, but darn, it's, it's so darn true. If you find the right mountain that you're motivated to, the taxes, all these silly things that, that are going to be boring, they're going to be worth it because you know it's, it's for the for the right mission, you know.
0: That's right. Anybody, you?
2: And for me, it would just be what I learned and I still apply to this day. The day I received it changed my life. So discover the power print, discover the power of printing, and meditating thinking because you have all the answers with God's help you can accomplish anything and just don't be afraid to write it down and you may you know may you may not like those stories those first stories you write or those first answers or those first thoughts but eventually the more you do it the more the brain is trained to solve and come up with better ideas and better things and better projects and just don't give up you know and let Your inner self, your inner light that God gave you, shine. Because in the worst scenarios, in the worst moments of your life, that light that you radiate, you're going to attract. So make sure it's a big light so it can show you the way. That's
0: right. That's right. So uh, my word, my word of encouragement, you can do anything you set your mind to, don't let others tell you you can't do this. Because other motivational speakers have said, use negativity as fuel to light your fire yeah, yeah. do anything you can and just regardless of your circumstances don't compare yourself to other people you're gifted god is giving you awesome incredible incredible gifts don't sit down crying. oh pool to me no yes get up get up yeah good. you got one life And you need to live it to the full. Because that's all you got. Mm -hmm. And just keep pressing on. And if you have a dream and a goal, pursue it. And make it come a reality. And just press on and keep fighting everybody. And so with that, I hope you enjoyed the first episode of Hope Without Sight with Mark and Marie. Thanks, everybody. Woo! Thank you, brother. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Hope Without Sight with Sailor Cooper and Tyler Evans and got a lot of takeaways from this podcast. We hope you feel renewed, inspired, and encouraged like you can just carry on and conquer the world. Please hit the subscribe button on all platforms and tell your friends and family to do the same. And in the meantime, blessings to all.